dumb fun. Somehow, heartbreak feels good in a place like this. Musical the movie the podcast. Musical the movie the podcast. Musical the movie the podcast with Andy and Steph. Wow, Steph, welcome in episode seventeen. I feel like the the podcast. Anything that we could say right now is not going to be bombastic enough to correlate with this the tone of this movie that we're the tone of this film, Uh, (laughs) Steph. You and I. So we do a thing sometimes when we're watching stuff. Uh, This is going to be sort of our first episode where we're stretching the limits of what is a musical. I think Um, (laughs) because this is not (laughs) something that I think people would really consider a musical, but. This, we're planning on doing this podcast a long time. We're going to do some things that people don't consider musicals. Uh, one of our guests knows he used to have a podcast about video game movies, and eventually they were really forcing some stuff into there just to get episodes <laughs> in. Uh, so we're going to start that early so that people are used to it. We're gonna, and, and so we do a thing when we're watching movies where when a song gets sung by a character, we start counting, right? Well, so we, we established really early on that our cutoff is that something needs to have five songs in it. To, for us mm-hmm. to consider it a musical um and we didn't even really count all of the song because like when we went back and really looked at it like there were a bunch of little songs but i vividly remember the first like the first time it was like cool maybe there's just gonna be a, maybe there's just gonna be like a one-off song they do shit in bollywood movies the second mm-hmm. time the the fire in your eyes was like the fire in Ram's eyes mm-hmm. and mean, the water in we yours were ready and the water you were you were crying <laughs> exactly in tears yeah um and so when we got to five on this one we were very excited that it could be covered for the podcast uh so I, I guess let me just start by asking you and I mean I know that we watched this movie together for the first time but um my sort of loose question to you Steph is do you fucks with RRR <laughs> Well, the way I'd like to drill down on that is, like, do you remember first hearing about RRR? And what did you first hear about it? Um, I did. So I heard about it because it just kind of, like, had a lot of buzz. I remember when the director, S.S. Rajamui's last, like, big project happened, which I'm not going to remember what it's called now. Um, it's a sequel. Well, there are two. Yeah. So, oh, mm-hmm. Bahu Bahubali. Okay. Um, th- like when uh. one of those movies like hit a streaming service, I feel like there are a lot of people who sort of went insane because there are these like really heightened, awesome action sequences. Um, and so I was like lightly aware of it, and then I became lightly aware of it once it started getting buzz. Um, and I like it just sort of if I feel like the the buzz curve was exponential. It just sort yeah. of like was everywhere and then was to a point where like i was like well i can't not watch this movie i have to i have to know what everyone is talking about what about you heightened is a great word for it because these this this movie makes fast and the furious look like shakespeare in love truly (laughs) i remember that again it was all the buzz and i think it was that on maybe the unexpected subreddit r slash unexpected i think not to not to popped up uh and i just watched that whole video I like saved it. I, you know, usually I, this is my my game. I scroll Reddit when you're asleep. Um, you know, I'm always looking to meet up with the other Proud Boys or what have you. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna edit that. But um, <laughs> but no, I I uh, and so I was on the unexpected. So I save a video if you're asleep. So I watch it later, and I watch this thing, and I was like, okay, well, I gotta watch. I gotta watch this whole movie. Um, and also, you know, Stephanie, anyone who's listened to not only this podcast but our 
our Patreon offshoots, like Oscars, the movie, the podcast, uh, knows that I I hate a long runtime. Can't stand Ooh, a long uh-huh, runtime. Uh-huh. This movie is three hours and fifteen minutes long. The length of Titanic, the length of Sound of Music. There's not but, a there's there's not a slow second of it. I'm gonna say that there were like there was like a full month in between first being like I think I'm gonna watch this movie and when we actually sat down to watch this movie because of the runtime because like yeah. ooh it apparently takes me a it takes a month to convince me to watch a three hour movie but I'm glad yeah. that we did but I'm glad that we did too but and I uh I think uh I think we have, we have uh, two great guests who are gonna have some interesting things to say about it. And I'm I think so we should excited. bring him in. Yes. Please. Uh, do you want to start? Yeah. Um. I'm. I'm gonna bring in. So here's the deal. Sort of like this movie is like in an in between space. We have two people here to talk about it who are in. Uh, also in an in between space. They're they're both comedy people. They're both theater people. It's gonna be a fun little party. Our first comedy theater person is, uh, you know him from Character Assassination. You know him from that podcast about video games that I don't know what it's called, but he can tell us. <laughs> it's Kent Carney. Hi. Hello. Hi, Welcome. Um, and and what's that? That podcast is uh, is on hiatus, but uh, uh, what is it called? Do you want to say? Yes. Kill Screen Cinema. And he's on a couple episodes. Uh, it's a fun time. That's right. I'm on War Games, and then I'm on Ready Player One because in the book, he has to act out part of War Games. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and even though that wasn't in the movie, that was our ten- the, my tenuous connection to get in on another episode. <laughs> and then, well, let me introduce our other guest. Uh, she is uh, one of the uh, great comedians in the Chicago land area, as well as uh, all over this great country. She. She just got finished doing a play uh, in North Carolina, and I definitely remember the specifics of that. I remember the title. I remember the city. I remember everything about it, but I'm going to let her say it. Uh, it's Sonal Agarwal, everybody. Hi, hey, Sonal. Hello. Sonal, you just did a play called The Night of the Cat. The Night Diary. Okay, that's pretty close. <laughs> that's pretty close. <laughs> Which I was doing a comedy show, and the guy goes, she's in a play called The Night Dairy. And I'm like, that <laughs> is a different It could have been worse. It could have been story. The Night Diarrhea. <laughs> the Night Diarrhea. Which is The Night da- Dairy's actual subplot. Oh, yeah. If you don't it's take it off lactate. Yeah. That's the <laughs> second hour in of yeah. the play. Yeah. And it was, um, it was actually at the Children's Theater of Charlotte, which wow. I've never done anything like that before, where we were doing two shows a day during the week where it was third graders, fourth graders, fifth graders. And um, it got to the point where they would have to warn us before regular adult shows because they're like, don't think that you're not doing well because these adults aren't <laughs> going to be screaming their heads off. Because it it, the play was about the partition of um, India and Pakistan when the British uh-huh. left after 200 years of occupation. So it's kind of heavy topic. But yeah. with the playwright and the set design and the music – it was a very um, fantastical journey. There were no item numbers. That's what we call um, dance music and dance pieces. We just did a tiny bit of dancing at the end when we run off, but there's no there's no RRR. Like we're <laughs> being whipped by a barbed wire whip, and he's like, "Now's a good time for me to sing." <laughs> now is my anthem. You didn't bring the director up to sing. I didn't know, and she would have been so embarrassed too. She's very much a behind-the-scenes person. Yeah, well, the not uh, of not movie, SS Rajamouli. Yeah, he's like in the final dance. 
Yeah, isn't he? I love it. I don't know how common a thing that is for Bollywood, or if this dude just loves the spotlight. And this is, and this is because it's a South Indian film from the Telugu film industry. It's actually Tollywood. 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 Bollywood with a B is from Bombay, and even that is like super controversial because people are like, "Oh, that's a specific production house that doesn't represent Indian film." industry and that's why it's such a big deal that this movie and and bahubali bahubali 2 got so much hype because these are south indian tollywood movies that the north is like oh we don't give a fuck about you guys nobody gives a fuck about you guys and it's like oh really because we just got an oscar <laughs> look how yeah. much we bollywood give a fuck about <laughs> i was reading too that um these that Bhagavali and uh are the first movies that are like that were released in mul- like simultaneously with multiple language tracks which yeah. is just that's that's also interesting oh and the fact that um the rrr original is um is in telugu and we're watching a dubbed version like you're either watching a dubbed english version or or dubbed Hindi version and the guy that plays the father of the main character when he goes into his whole like back story mm-hmm. why is he being why is he beating up other brown people because his dad really went through it you know and that guy is a very famous Bollywood actor Ajay Devgan and he is the yeah. only person speaking in Hindi oh and, interesting and they spent huh. like an extra 70 crore which I think is how like uh, some number of million dollars just to create the hindi version yeah which on top of the 250 crore that they spent to make the original movie and it's controversial that because netflix only took the hindi version for some reason wild it's insanely wild because i mean for who who is right who gives a shit yeah if you're watching it with subtitles anyway wouldn't you prefer to see the mouths matching the sounds yeah, because also something, I, this is yeah. weird for this to come up so early, but I don't know if you guys noticed that the, if you, well, if you're like me, that you watch stuff in English with subtitles all the time. But the problem is the subtitles and the dialogue were translated by two wildly different camps. And, <laughs> and so they'd be saying completely different things in the subtitles, but it's kind of the same thing roughly. But honestly, the subtitle dialogue was kind of better. Like the, sub- the subtitle, like, the subtitle guy, like took a minute to really think about it and like give <laughs> us some poetry, give us a script. I didn't. So you watched it dubbed in English, dubbed in English with with the with English subtitles as well. And you're like, this doesn't even match. Why yeah. didn't they get these guys together? It's wild. Uh, so no, let me ask you, just going going back a little bit. Can you tell me how you came to fucks with RRR? <laughs> how did it come into your sphere? How did it come into my sphere? I mean, yeah, um, that's the way defi- I phrase that. <laughs> definitely um, the Bahubali movies. I mean, this is like the Matrix meets Bollywood meets, you know, like um, Bhagavad Gita stories. Because in Bahubali, also to have that, there's a heroine, you know, who's like, not a drug that's a female hero. So yeah, I understand the word. Weird so. that heroin. I always feel like I'm talking about drugs when I say it. But she's, to see a female protagonist like that, you never, ever see in North Indian films. You never see, like the big um, anti-British Raj movie that came out in the 90s was Lagan. Have you guys seen that? That's mm-hmm. a... That's a, and Steph, you've seen that. That's like another three-hour movie where there's an entire hour 
that is the cricket match. That's like the <laughs> they've made this bet with the British Raj. That's like if we beat you guys in cricket, which was a British game, you know, then we don't have to pay this tax, you know, that we would pay to the British Raj. And it was also just a big overthrowing and like all the castes coming together, even the Muslims and the Hindus were like, we are going to work together if it means overcoming our common enemy. And now that in- sounds a lot like the plot of Space Jam. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the different casts of aliens. Yeah, and they're together. like, oh, we'll, we'll play your game mm-hmm. that's in your mm-hmm. world. Uh, if it, but if we beat you, it means we get to take you back to Toontown or whatever. And then who won? Did Michael Jordan win or did Bugs Bunny? I'm trying to think. In the end of Space Jam, did the aliens win and Earth got enslaved or did Michael Jordan and the bunny win? <laughs> I feel like Earth should have been enslaved. That's the version <laughs> that I support. It's totally the same as RR. But in Lagan, the women, their big moment is when they are praying. For the men uh-huh. and they have this like beautiful prayer song where they're like swaying and you're like what is this shit uh-huh. when you're <laughs> any aged girl and you're like this is the best that we can do we get to pray and in bahubali the main female character she's got like a fucking bow and arrow with like five arrows that she shoots and they all go in different directions and she looks lit in her beautiful sari <laughs> she's got like bigger boobies and bigger like bigger <laughs> butt than what we see uh-huh. in the North Indian bodies, you know? And then in um, RRR, we kind of go back where, like, the main character, she's more, yeah. she, like, sacrifices herself. She gets kicked in the stomach by one of the mm-hmm. British dudes. And it just came, I don't, I can't remember, actually, if it was my mom that's like, have you seen RRR? And for North Indians to be talking about a South Indian film is already, like, what? Because there's they're, they're making as many movies as Bollywood, as... Not as many as Nollywood. Nobody's making as many movies as Nollywood. (laughs) Nollywood is making like three times as many movies as Hollywood and Bollywood combined. (laughs) Right. They just pump them out. They just pump those movies out. I don't know how much it costs to make a movie in Nollywood, but if you're trying to make a movie, it's a good place to go. You can get stuff done cheap out there. Sounds great. And then I I definitely remember um, having to pause it like 10 minutes in to call uh, my very good friend Rohan, who is like king of the gays in Chicago, the gay Indians. They're, they're like the, the gay Indians. I thought you were going to say gaysies. the gay uh, Lord of the Rings friends. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know them. I don't know the gay Lord of the Rings guys, but they... You don't? One I'm ring like to bind them all? Them. Oh, is that like a gay thing? One ring Well, to... it's a cock ring in this version. Oh, I have, I've seen Horror of the Rings. That's different. Uh, Lord of the Rings. That is different. Yeah, that's that's straight culture. Oh, I know, but I love parody. <laughs> we're trying parody. to lift up queer culture here. There were there were um, there were dwarves in Horror of the Rings, so that's good. You know, like really body types. Oh wow, okay. And yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. representation. Yeah, just just like the different body types in Bahubali too. No songs though, so it's not appropriate to talk about. Uh, okay, it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. another time outside the scope of this podcast. Were there songs in Bahubali? I don't think so. Are I don't there? remember there being songs. I don't think that there are. Yeah. There were not songs. Um, and then I just remember being like, I'm going to watch RRR just for a few minutes just to check it out. And then it was like, oh, my God, three hours later, like my yeah. jaw is on the ground. And I had to call Rohan to be like, why am I watching you fight yourself? Also, <laughs> your mustache looks amazing in this movie. Your mustache should get its own award. And I mean, it's very funny to me because these hero guys are both like 5'7", 5'8", which is like the same height as Tom Cruise. Not tall. 
They are not tall. These are not tall people. We do not need to respect them in real Let's life. Let's just say they would be very frustrated on Twitter. Oh, Tinder. <laughs> they would be very frustrated on Tinder. Let's just say a lot of a lot of girls on Tinder we're all frustrated would be unmatching. On yeah, we're all frustrated. <laughs> we're, all, we're all frustrated on Twitter, but on Tinder, definitely the five, mm-hmm. eleven and below are getting swiped left upon unjustly. Yes, but if they knew they could dance like this, you know, it's rough out there for sure. Things. If they knew they could do the friendship dance. Yeah, and then just like... <laughs> friendship. Also, there's something about bad CGI, which is kind of like part of our culture. We're like... It's endearing. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. yeah, I was looking at the Tigers and I was, I was talking to Steph about this last week after we watched it again. I was like, man, I, when I see this bad CGI in our arm, like, why do we care if CGI is good ever? Because right? you can, it's it's yeah. so wild and it just is great. <laughs> well, it's so funny to me that because this movie opens with like the most buck wild disclaimer I've ever seen. It's I've got it here. Uh, no animals or birds were harmed during the making of this film. Horses, oxen, birds, tigers, wolves, bears, leopards, deer, fish, and snakes shown in the movie are all computer generated. And I was like, I, you read that and you're like, oh man. We're about to see all those animals get fucked up. Fish? Fish! But then when we... When the CGI tiger shows up, it's like, oh, that warning was not necessary. <laughs> I, think, I don't think anyone's under any delusions that a real tiger got there. Oh, Hello, ASPCA? We all have uncles out there who thought the WWF was real until now. And are, we're not it's still allowed. real to me, damn it! <laughs> we're not it's still real to me. I, I'm just thinking about the fish. I think there's one scene <laughs> where Beam sends a guy to to fish, and he gets a fish, and that's the scene where they're like, yeah. "Don't worry, the fish is CG." <laughs> and and like when he falls into the water, and and I just love that everyone's like, "What is he gonna do with the tiger, though?" You know, and then by the uh-huh. time they you know, reintroduce the tiger, you're like, I did not think that that's what I was had forgotten thinking. about that tiger. <laughs> this is Same. not where I was expecting the tiger to return. And then when you're like, who brings a deer to a fight? And then and then, and then the deer starts totally fucking up a guy with deer his deer just impales everyone. <laughs> Like, it's oh. it's like the unicorn in Cabin in the Woods. It's like that deer <laughs> came to fuck people up. That was a really fun movie. They should have put Hung in that. <laughs> uh, can, can you talk about how, how you came to fucks with RRR? Yes, I, I actually I remember it very vividly because I had seen, I, I, it, you know, kind of uh, not to compare this movie to The Room, but I feel like there was a, a similar like buzz around it. Like, have you seen this? There were a lot of articles basically like, you got to see this bonkers movie. And uh, I had... I had just seen Jurassic World Dominion in the theater with with my friend Jake and had been just so disappointed in what a slog and how unentertaining it was. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I think I think it was like the day after I was like, I asked my wife, I was like, hey, Lauren, do you want to watch this RRR movie? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, just it was just it was such a vindication of like what jurassic world dominion should have been like i I remember i i I messaged my friend jake who i saw the movie with i was like i messaged him and i was like this movie what jurassic world dominion should have accomplished with dinosaurs this movie did with friendship (laughs) i i just 
I'm just, I'm blown away. It just like knock, it's everything that American blockbusters should be and could be and like have no reason not to be. Like we, we have the technology. <laughs> yeah, I, do, I still like Jurassic World Dominion more because there's no agricultural espionage storylines in RRR. And I, you know, I need that uh, in something like Jurassic World Dominion. If they could, if they could uh, put like a trade federation on top. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Jurassic, Jurassic World Dominion is the is the Phantom Menace trade federation <laughs> of Jurassic Park movies. Hey, you know how in the, in the last movie we set up that the whole thing is going to be about the world being taken over by dinosaurs? What if we just paused that and made the movie about super locusts instead? Yeah. And then get to a point where we're back on an island with dinosaurs at the end, because that's the only <laughs> oh way these God. movies work. In fairness, uh, that is the best part of that movie. And uh, Steph and I, I was sad, famously, I was so mad for the first two thirds of that movie, and then re- even more mad at how much I enjoyed the last third of that movie. <laughs> when they end um, up, at, and do we ever see Jeff Goldblum again? Oh yeah, shirt off and everything. He's he's doing the lane across with his shirt off thing. Is he really? Is yeah. he in Jurassic Park World yeah. Dominion? He's in Jurassic Park World Dominion, yeah. They they bring the the Holy Trinity back, all three yeah, of them. Yeah, they're all uh, three there. Sam Neill, him, and um, Chris. Oh Pratt. my God, Laura Dern. Laura Dern. Oh, Laura Dern, of course. Yes, Laura Lenny. One of the Lauras is there for sure. Laura Dern, who Laura Dern. is supposed um, to be on the phone at the end of White Lotus season two. Oh. Oh yeah, that's okay. right. She's right. the one who's broken up with the guy who had sex with the prostitute that his son got hustled by. All right. Bang. Deep, deep white lotus Easter egg. Not where you thought you would find it. But here on Musical, the movie, the podcast. Somebody who's a big I'm just having my little fan. mind blown. <laughs> who's Write like, it down, no, empty watching, and, they, and they could hear the voice and they go, is that Laura Dern? And then just like went and Googled it and was like, oh my God, I knew it. I knew it was Laura. I love her. <laughs> Laura Dern fans, they're out here. Yeah, the Dern heads. I, by the way, I do want to mention. I, I am. I do want to start Rules. calling the fans of our podcast "Empty Heads" uh, <laughs> because it's short for MTMTP Musical, MT. the movie, the podcast. So, yeah, <laughs> right. Empty Heads uh, out there. Thanks for coming along. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about how this movie RRR, in case you forgot what movie we were talking about five minutes ago, uh, came to get made, and uh, and you guys can jump in whenever you want. But basically, so in March 2018. This film is announced with the title RRR because it's the director, S.S. Rajamuli, and stars Ram Charan, and, uh, and I'm told that this guy goes by NTR Jr. Uh, is the other guy who plays uh, Cameron Beam. Um, and, uh, and I think that the title being RRR and them sticking with, like, the, what's clearly a development title, and then they just stick with it, it sort of really informs the whole thing here because this is just a movie that is about these two guys and this director. He is ever-present throughout this whole movie. This oh, movie yeah. would be an hour and 15 minutes long if there was no slow motion in it. <laughs> um, but so it's confirmed to be the real title because he thought it would be sort of across all the languages. You'd call it RRR and, it, and they figured out a way for it to stand for something in every language. Um, and his and dad... the Twitterverse was just really into it. That's what They loved said. it. That's they loved it. Like, we love it. So just keep it. His dad writes the story. His his dad is is the like s- screenwriter. So for the listener who doesn't know, because I didn't know until after I watched it the first time, this is an entirely fictitious story incorporating the lives of two real life Indian revolutionaries. Uh, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna be 
doing my best on pronunciations throughout this whole episode. Uh, but uh, Aluri Sitarama Raju and Kamram Beam. Uh, and the plot explores their stay in Delhi in the 1920s. The director, S.S. Rajamouli, describes Inglorious Bastards as one of the big influences on him. That he sees that in the theaters and he sees Hitler get shot and he's like, oh shit, we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but did you also, I read that he also was very inspired by Motorcycle Diaries, the 2004 movie, and that he was like, what if we write fanfic about all of my favorite revolutionaries? Yeah, basically those are his two big influences, are Motorcycle Diaries and Inglorious Bastards. Um, And there's also an element here where it borrows from uh, these epics, like these mythological Hindu epics, uh, Ramayana and the Mahabharata. Uh, and the two protagonists of the film, uh, Sitarama, Rama, Alori Sitarama Raju and Kamran Beam, who are based on real life personalities, are also modeled after their namesakes from the Hindu mythology. So Rama Raju shares the qualities of Rama from the Ramayana, and Kamran Beam is equivalent to muscular and immovable Bhima uh, from the Mahabharata. And uh, it's just sort of like they map these mythological stories as well as these historical figure stories onto a completely fictional story. It's such a wild way to make a movie. I'm so into it. I don't know if I'd say completely fictional. I mean, that's definitely what the British were like. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, sure. I want to be clear that it's it's historical fiction. Yeah, and it's a yeah. historically inspired, you know, made-up story taken from elements. Of yes. The- yeah. But there's no... Is there evidence that these two guys even knew each other or met? No, I mean, in terms of, like, they're coming together, that's completely fictionalized. And, like, his legs are broken, and then suddenly they're completely healed, like, two seconds later. (laughs) He gets stabbed, like, with a wolverine hand. And then he's like, just put some turmeric on it, and he's like, fine. (laughs) (laughs) And it is, it's so Hindu, because during the play, you know, it's all South Asian cast, so we were like, hey, we need to kind of re-up our hatred of the British. So let's all watch our R together. <laughs> and there are two Pakistani guys and the one was so he's like, oh my God, this shit is so Hindu. Fucking hell. Because they're <laughs> Muslim and they're like, what the fuck is it? This is so Hindu right now. The propaganda and we're like, shh 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 just let it wash <laughs> over you. Did RRR make the partition happen in your cast? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, the Muslim guy made a really funny joke at the when, like, the suicide bomb happened. He was like, I am offended. This is cultural appropriation. Well, that's okay. That's shit. That's actually, okay, so I want to talk about that. So, the not that particularly, but so there's a, a teaser trailer is released on what would have been the real Kamran Beam's 119th birthday. And uh, they saw that Beam was appeared as a Muslim man, that he had on a skull cap, that he had, uh, you know, stuff on his eyes. And the like, it was a big deal. The president of a political party in Telangana warned the director that his constituents would vandalize movie theaters if he intended to hurt the sentiments of Hindus. And so the writer in an interview, which is S.S. Rajamouli's dad, was just like, look, Jesus Christ, it's part of the movie. He's in hiding. <laughs> We're not playing him as Muslim. Please calm down. Um, so, that, yeah. It's, that is true. The, it's it's very tense. Yeah, it's a very tense thing. Um, I, I also want to mention that S.S. Rajamouli's older cousin composes the score. It's a family affair, sort of, in this thing, um, with the dad writing the screenplay and the cousin doing the score. Uh, it's wild. And the oh, audio rights... we complain about nepotism over here. That's like the only way you can have an in, 
in many other places in the world and definitely in India. These guys are like third, fourth, fifth generation nepotism film kids. You know, it's like how the caste system works. We got to come for those Nepo babies in the caste system. Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But so the audio rights are purchased for $3.1 million equivalent, which is a record price for a South Indian album. Um, It's the first Indian film to be released in Dolby Cinemas in America. Now, Steph and I know because that's our that's our like preferred way to see a movie. If we if a movie's playing in the Dolby, we try to see it. Uh, we really like the Dolby Theater, and it's always like the biggest, hottest release, right? True. It's like all like Avatar was there for like a month, and we are just like, man, when is something else going to get into the Dolby? <laughs> um, and this movie was like one of the ones that they made way for in the Dolby, which is cool. Um, I'm really mad see. that we didn't get to see this in the Dolby. I know. I thought it would have been incredible. It's 95% fresh. It's got an audience score of 94%. Uh, Deadline Hollywood call it bigger than Ben-Hur. USA Today listed as their number one movie of the year. Steven Spielberg called it extraordinary. James Cameron went up to SS Rajamouli at the Critics' Choice Awards and told him, if you ever want to make a movie over here, let's talk. Come on. I mean, that's who this movie is made for, is people who like James Cameron movies. 100%. This this movie is very much a James Cameron movie. There was a moment earlier... When I was trying to think about, like, who is the equivalent of S.S. Rajamouli here, and I came up with James Cameron based solely on, like, epicness. Yeah. And that is such a fuck you to Bollywood. (laughs) So desperate to get James Cameron to be like, yo, let's link up. And this is like, no, nobody cares about these, like, la 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 la, like, you know, sad love stories that get. They want one about friendship and overcoming the bridge with Titan. I don't want to pretend, too, that this is not a love story. I just want to be very clear. We're going to have to get into that because that is something (laughs) that I have some information written down about. But to your point, Sonal, it was not submitted by India as their selection for the Oscars for the Best International Feature. Another movie uh, called The Last Film Show was nominated or was submitted instead, and it was not nominated. Uh, but of course, we, you probably know if you're listening to this, that it was nominated for Best Song, Natu Natu, and won, which was wild. Like, it's just the right year for it that, like, no Disney songs were there, no Bond songs were there, and actually the song that was the most fun won. Uh, like, usually this is the song that, like, performs at the ceremony and everyone hears it for the first time there and is like, oh, I would have voted for that if I had ever heard it before, but this time it actually won. And for, uh, and generally, if you ask Indian people, they're like, the song is trash. <laughs> like even What do you think of the song? Even <laughs> South Indian people, too, they're like, and the reviews on the Telugu sites for the movie are so funny. They're like, this is Rajamouli's worst movie. This is so, <laughs> this is just terrible, you know? And I mean, I like the song. I like the song. Also, like, it's the Oscars, so it's also the cinematic uh-huh. expression of the song. I know. I do so, also often wonder, yeah. like, what if, you know, because also, like, there's a movie in Best International Feature that Germany made called All Quiet on the Western Front that was nominated for Best Picture, straight up. So, like, even if it had been nominated in Best International Feature, I don't know that it would have stood a chance. But also, it's not necessarily, like, an Oscar movie, you know? I don't even know if it's good. That's what's really tearing me up. <laughs> I don't know if it's good and what that means. <laughs> uh, but it's fun. So who gives a fuck? Yeah, who's on? I mean, didn't that Leonardo DiCaprio like bear movie win a bunch of awards one year? Sure, I think, and it's like nobody watched that. Nobody was like even motivated to watch it. Like viewership, they were like, okay, whatever. The Oscars (laughs) is a sham. Amen. But RRR was a hit. 
that's all sort of the the pre pre that I have. So uh, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna roll through. I don't know how of... many people tuned in though. Like the whole business of the Oscars and the number of people that probably were watching the Oscars just to see the dance. And then I myself, I was devastated that it wasn't the actual actors and the other I was yeah. too. They were right? there even. They were there. Yeah, I know. Like, I saw them like on, I, there's like a wonderful red carpet photo of like the three of them, um, and I was so I got so excited, and then it was. I mean, like the guys who did it were great. They're, well, it was fun, I think they but. weren't even um, South Asian. Like one of them was like Lebanese. So then there was really. This, I know that there was some. There was some always pushback. controversy. There's always <laughs> controversy where it's like, why can't yeah. you know these guys are like lip syncing to songs that they don't even understand. The lyrics too, like if they had looked a little bit harder, for sure they could have found uh-huh. some actual uh-huh. South Asians to right. do the dance. And then it was a lot of white people who got. To I mean, it was a lot of white people. Which now, in fairness, it's it's all white people in the movie because that's the scene where it's two Indian guys out dancing and a bunch of white guys. Yeah. But I see your point still that if they were going for inclusion, like which they appeared to racially blind cast all those white people, <laughs> they cast. <laughs> They cast all those white people as other races. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that it, the, there was some, some people mad about the inclusion. People were mad. And it was like a 30 second dance. We were like, oh my God. But that's just how the Oscars are. I mean, they kept that shit moving. It was like, it was um, a tight bum, show bum, this bum, year. Bum. It was a tight show. It was a good one. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of Will Smith shade. Like, could we? <laughs> the next thing before someone slapped somebody. <laughs> what did you can't say? Can't... Kent's lag was Will Smith Sorry. shade, just as Sorry. you were calling out the Will Smith shade. Oh, is that what he said? <laughs> I, yeah, I was saying that uh, they had to move on to the next thing quickly before someone gets a chance to slap somebody. Yeah, and they're like, oh, wow, the show's going so well. I don't feel like slapping anyone. Do you feel like slapping anyone? Nope, <laughs> nobody feels like slapping anyone. Like, what, can we just let this man's career yeah. yeah. Die silently. All right, so Sonal supports bullies. We have that on the record. Let's get into. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into the the plot of the movie because it, because it's a long one. We I think we have it as condensed as we can. The plot of the movie of is basically like, do not be nice to British people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or Truly. they will kidnap. They will take your children. They will take I and mean, murder children. you on the way. I learned out. that from Star Wars. But really, That's don't be nice to Britishers. Yeah, yeah, all the yeah. all the uh, imperial people are British. And what yeah. what happens? Oh, I don't true, remember. Uh, just all the, everyone who's a bad guy in Star Wars is British, <laughs> and they're like nice to them, and then they get kidnapped, like Chewbacca does. <laughs> I don't have time to to run through episodes one through nine right now. <laughs> we have a three hour movie to talk about. We have a three hour movie. Well, to basically, talk about. it starts very idyllic, you know, and it's like, oh, it's so sweet, and then they like, it seems like they kill the mother, but thank God she is alive at the end of the movie. Where I was crying just because. Wait, is she? I really yeah. thought they killed yeah. her. Yeah, that's it's so wild because you see her the we she the last time we see her, she gets hit in the head with a branch the size of her. <laughs> she is lying on the ground with blood pooling from her, her eyes wide open. They do th- and then, the, the classic like like hand falling thing. Yes. And then yeah, and almost a full three hours later, we don't see her again. Until the very end, it was like, oh, but she's alive. It was like, oh my God, she's alive? Yeah, that blew my mind. Right? That fully blew my mind. 
And yes. that's when I yeah. was crying because I was like, oh my God, she didn't die. She's just been like <laughs> suffering this, whole, this time. whole time. She doesn't get a ton of screen time, but I love that like, Loki, is that her name? Or that's how it's spelled in the subtitles. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Oh, but, yeah, uh, I didn't. I mean, yeah, we just the, call her Molly's the, mom. Yeah, yeah. The the she like she doesn't get a ton of screen time, but I love like the way she's being very sarcastically deferential to the British. Like she's uh, she makes the most of uh, mm -hmm. she makes an impression with the little the little screen time that she has. And then when basically, this, this kidnapped daughter. The movie is about getting the kidnapped daughter back to the the village. Yeah. Then, so right. They do um, the way that it like opens. We have this like kind of introduction of each one of the R's because they have like, <laughs> but but truly. So like the first R uh, in the English thing, it says like the story, um, and that's where we get this whole like the the British governor during the Raj has kidnapped this girl from this tribe, Molly, um, and like seemingly killed her mother on the way out. Um, and then the, then we get, like, the second R. It's a hard smash cut. And this one says the fire. I thought you were going to say it's a hard R. It's a hard R. And that's the one. That's where we cut to, like, a very crowded protest. And there's, uh, there's like, one star detective who is... Uh, Aluri Sitaramaraju. We're gonna we're gonna call him Ram or Raju, which is yeah, a, or Mustache Man, Mustache, mustache <laughs> Javert. Sometimes um, <laughs> he is kind he, of a Javert. I know he. So he's in uh, the Indian Imperial Police, and he has to go like arrest someone, and to do that, he has to fight off one thousand people. Not that's not an exaggeration. <laughs> the entire mob conservatively just by one v one thousand twisting their thumbs and like with a <laughs> single stick and then he yeah. like loses the stick but he's fine and then that he flies really, a little bit he flies a little bit he does parkour duh and like he has so <laughs> many abs he has abs on abs on it abs. might sound like we're describing a three stooges thing like he like he but it, there's no none of that he doesn't say nyuk 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 he is just a very very straightforward action sequence and uh, he's so brutal that even the british even yes. the british are like oh Good God, that uh, mm -hmm. I hope he doesn't turn on us. Foreshadowing. <laughs> we watched this movie. Uh, we rewatched it last week on vacation with a group of friends. Oh, and uh, our friend Caitlin, first of all, in the first part when Molly is being taken away, Caitlin goes, "Is this what this movie's about?" And we we're like, "Kinda." Yeah, this movie's about a lot of things. And the, but then when when Rom starts beating everybody up, she goes, "Wait, is this a pro cop movie?" And we go, "Just you get to, you have to keep watching." <laughs> there are gonna be three hours. I love how, how this moment is where the movie fully like prepares you for, "Hey, this is how it's gonna be. This is how nuts it's gonna get." Mm -hmm. Because I like. Even saying that he fights one thousand men, I don't think gets across. There's like, no way. There's so many. There's so many scenes where just the frame is packed with as many bodies as it can hold, and they are all against him. And he is just like he wins. Yes, and, and I love how throughout, like in this scene and like throughout the movie, like they're doing all this superhuman shit, but like you, they still are just like beaten and bloodied mm -hmm. like all throughout it so like there's never a sense of like you're still invested in them mm -hmm. you know what mm -hmm. i mean because it's it's not like they're indestructible supermen like they are but like they are also 
get wrecked as well. Just that you believe it. You believe the the, the physics of this guy fighting this one thousand these mm-hmm, one thousand mm-hmm. people. Yes. It's not like uh like James Bond and they're all attacking him one at a time. Like he is fully being crowded in on by all these people and he is getting out of it in believable ways. And uh, there's something really corny about it, but you're still like fully invested. You're yeah. like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. This is so silly, like all the trembling, you know, and he's like <laughs> And then he's like, he has his first encounter with um, who? Who's the guy, Beam? Beam's character. Uh-huh. And they're doing like this sign language to each other, where they <laughs> only they know what they're saying. Where he like pulls <laughs> this number, and then he does this cross, and then he's like, got it. And then they both yeah. <laughs> grab a rope and save this kid from like this burning train. And yeah. they're like, they're like, we're best friends. But, like, <laughs> Uh-huh. They saved him with physics. They saved that him. is, I think, pretty much the only thing we need to go back for there is that Beam also fights a tiger. Oh yeah, so the last R um, is the wat the water, um, and that is the tribe that uh, Molly was stolen from, the Gond tribe. Um, they have a, gu- a guardian, and we're we're told this through like this exposition fairy who's like explaining it to the british um to like sort of be like they have a guardian and he's terrible and then we see that guy's amazing that guy's whole that he's, vibe is like truly yeah. he's, he's on cold, t- another like on screen for two minutes yeah yeah and just like makes the most of it he's like he is like a shepherd and he will go to any lengths to bring back the lost sheep and the British are like, oh, whatever, we got cannons. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Um, so then we see in the, he's in the forest, uh, Kamran Beam, like, he anoints himself with blood and then fights a wolf and a tiger. And, and you're and then, really concerned for the wolf and tiger safety because you're like, are they real? No, or no, no, Samuel, yeah. don't worry. They are computer generated. <laughs> oh, thank God. Phew. <laughs> This fight is so realistic. You're just fucking worried. CGI yeah. should um, be worse. <laughs> it should be worse. So it should be the way Marvel's paying people. I think it will be. <laughs> so now this is our last piece. So he is going to go and rescue Molly, um, and then we see that the governor's wife is is enlisting Raju to find him. And so it sets up that we have this like this like Javert Valjean g- cop and criminal. And the governor and his wife are into like some really weird BDSM I, because they are yeah. like getting yeah. hard like fucking yes. up these brown people. She's like I want more blood. Darling. Yeah, she's she's absolutely ridiculous. I don't know if she's like a real actor of any note. He is Ray Stevenson. He played the Punisher in Punisher Warzone, and he played yes. uh, Thor's buddy Volstag in in three <laughs> Thor movies. Uh, this guy's in the MCU, and he dipped into the to this one. Uh, and- but who is that? So Allison Duty plays. Allison Duty, and I I didn't know this until I until going in the second time watching it. She is. The hot Nazi Elsa from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Whoa. Yeah. We like just watched that for our Spielberg or so yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That does clock. Uh she is also uh if you're a James for the James Bond fans, uh she has probably the goofiest name in the entire James Bond franchise. She plays Jenny Flex in a view to a kill. Wow. 
Right. She's one of uh, one of Grace Jones's henchwomen. I would still put Sonya on a top after above that as a goofier name. Fair. What a typecast. She plays like, she's like <laughs> you need a sexy Nazi. I'm your girl. <laughs> yeah. No matter the age era, I'm your sexy Nazi. <laughs> Whatever. You know, if we're fucking up minorities, I'm definitely the one. I'm the down. Roger Nazis. Let's say it. <laughs> it's it's her duty it's her sacred duty the british raj yeah they and you know funny story it was because world war ii was costing the british empire so much that that they had to they were like we can't afford india anymore that's like why they had to leave india so like are we somehow a tiny bit indebted to the nazis for our liberation (laughs) it's all come full circle it's I like I like to think all right, we all. So Sarnal, are. just marking Sarnal supports abusers and Nazis. Nazi sympathizers. <laughs> I'm not a sympathizer. I'm just grateful to them. <laughs> I'm just indebted. They got the British out of there, and then like I was also very confused for the first couple of times I watched this movie. I thought that Ram and Beam were like childhood friends and they were not recognizing each other. And literally like the third (laughs) time that I watched it, one of the other cast members, Anusha, she's like, Sonal, he reminds him of his brother who is dead. Uh, And I was like, oh. I see. Oh. Um, It's a good rewatch because it's like watching a mystery. It's Truly, I, I did like uncover all these little bits. Yeah, you <laughs> uncover more on the rewatches. Yeah. Um, we got to talk about this, sure. this. I guess you call it the opening song, even though it's like 30, 45 minutes okay. into the movie. Yeah. So this is, it truly is like, we we get all this plot. We see that like Ram is going to be searching for Beam. Um, and then he goes undercover with like local revolutionaries and just immediately blows his cover. But like that leads to a fun foot chase <laughs> with Beam's brother who like, we find out later we're like in some there's just like a one little like that's his brother um and, and we later uh, find out can capture snakes like yeah. without yeah, and, like, even right, being able to see talker. them yeah. yeah it's a problem <laughs> um and the end of this foot chase like leads us to this bridge with a train that is on fire. It's not related to the chase. It's just on fire. And um, there's a kid in the water underneath the bridge who's, like, going to die in this train fire. And from, like, the end of this foot chase, Rama's on top of the bridge and Beam is underneath the bridge. And they're going to, like, save this kid, like Sona was saying, like, with without the need to communicate. They rescue this child together. And then that, like splashes into a title page like finally we get a title page rrr Um, we can't communicate to you how hype you will get watching this sequence oh my god and (laughs) there the other thing we haven't really talked in context about the slow-mo but some of that is when you're talking about uh uh, like how cheesy everything is i think the slow-mo is like both contributing to the cheesiness and also just like helping you get through it because it's like yeah i do want to see him like shake all the sweat off of his face slowly and yeah and pour this blood to track the wolf uh-huh, it's uh-huh. Like a very slow motion pour of blood uh-huh. see it all just like drip down his head um but so then like immediately from the title page we go into dusty which is just a song about friendship like they just have a friendship montage it is yeah. like it is the best Their friendship, friendship montage is dinosaurs. I've ever seen. 
Their friendship <laughs> is the tiger and the hunter. Their friendship <laughs> is going to end in bloodshed. That's literally well, the lyrics of the song. It is an unexpected twist of fate that has led to this friendship, and it is yet to be seen if it will end in bloodshed. Importantly, it is yet to be seen. So there, it leaves us with a mystery. Because I think it's... And it's really upsetting for everyone that um, Ram is, like, beating the fuck out of his brethren, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, and you're like, why is he, why does he, why is he so self-hating, you know? And it's only much later in the film that you start getting his backstory of, like, what his whole deal Steph is. Steph and I were talking about how there's never a moment, though, where you see him come to terms with the fact that he did all this shit to his to his fellow man, like in the quest to get these guns to the to his people. Not well. I mean, he does like finally get that fucking like Trishula bayonet gun thing, and he's just like, it was all worth it. He's like trembling, <laughs> holding the gun, and he's like got access to the nuclear codes or whatever, you know. And he's like, you can see him like shed a little tear where he's like, man, I really sacrificed a lot of us to get to this point. But like, so this song starts with them landing in the ocean after saving the little boy. They run across the ocean floor to oh, each that, other. Oh, the fishes that they didn't hurt. <laughs> they high five. Uh, yeah. uh, there's a lot of them just like riding around together while individually they're doing their thing. And Classic like, some... horse versus motorcycle. <laughs> some real exposition stuff. <laughs> they steal a goat together. <laughs> and then like there's just a scene in the middle of the song where like they cut to no reason. Like Ram is like, oh, I was just thinking about my girl. Her name's Sita. Don't worry about it. And then, and, like, and he's on. like, Beam is like, of course, you yeah. are Ram. Of course, your girlfriend must be Sita, just right. like in our Bible, which is the Bhagavad <laughs> Gita. That is so sick. Uh, <laughs> there's also okay. I need to talk about how there's like a, a sections of this montage that are just the two of them walking along the train tracks at dusk with like beautiful fog rolling around them and, and like, that kiss! is 100% film language for these two are gonna kiss kiss like, it's in the text <laughs> okay kiss! so well, I guess let's talk about it it's that some viewers argue that they are queer coded um, some like the entire people who watch the community. movie yeah people right. it's funny because i i did never feel that way i do feel like it is a movie yeah. very much about brotherhood and friendship and roger muli has gone on and said that it's it's about friendship uh joe russo the the director of avengers endgame has even come out and been like oh i think it's a very powerful story about brotherhood uh but it is a very powerful or very um uh i should say uh, uh popular theory that they are queer coded. I think a lot of it is that like it's a very it's a very romantic friendship and it's like a very, yeah everything's on the sleeve. Yeah. Is it the same said about like Bert and Ernie or did they like come out finally? <laughs> yeah, Joe no Joe Russo said he found it to be a really powerful story about brotherhood when uh, Ernie put his feet up on Bert's chair. <laughs> <laughs> is that they're coming out. That's yeah. that's the, they finally decided to be out. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of queer coded. The characters in general, well, they never, you know, uh, actually say it like we're gay mm-hmm. and then they have to introduce this girlfriend. And it's so funny that Beam is like, I like that white chick. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. OK, wait. So this is literally what happens next. It's that Beam is like, I want to I want to get the, that one hot white girl. Who, I'm trying to holler at Jenny. Jenny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she is uh, Governor Scott's niece. And Raj Ram just like 
does this great trick where he like spills nails on the road to get her tire to <laughs> blow just in yeah, place just some for, casual stalking for to help just just some light classic sabotage yeah just like we're gonna trap her it's very romantic but it works and so the uh, score during this part too is like the goofiest theremin you've ever heard in your entire life it's, like, it's so weird like i do think that this movie could have been nominated for best score yeah. except that the comedy sounds like you're watching a spongebob episode <laughs> and and it's really good i mean the score in terms of like the the music that it always goes back to is like yeah the epic pieces are great you know there's like great they use a lot of choral shit in it yeah 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 and you're like it's so emotional i mean to remove it would be so much easier if you just listen to it like on mute because there are series i don't know if you've watched any series where like you you just have it on in the background and you're like this music is terrible uh-huh. And you don't really realize if you're not watching because the, the mm-hmm, score mm-hmm. is part of the whole visual story. But so then um, Beam and Jenny, you know, to, don't call me Mamsup is just Jenny. He doesn't speak uh-huh. any English. <laughs> so he thinks that that whole thing is her name. And they're in the market. And it turns out that he like knows how to make jewelry and quickly uh-huh. write messages yeah, he finds out that bracelets. she has Molly living there, and so he he runs to a to a booth where a man is making bracelets and says, "I need to make something." And the guy goes, "Of course, go ahead, sir." Yeah, <laughs> he quickly makes I a bracelet with a message encoded on it. Uh, yeah. I do have an important question for you, really quickly, Sonal, which is that what is what is the this head movement mean? Is it mean something? This this thing for the audio uh, element of the mm-hmm. audience, which you know, is all of just- it. He's just doing. Oh, for, that's all of it. There's no visual. Sort of a head well, bob. We'll put this in the. We'll we'll have to put this in the promo promotional material. Yeah, we'll do a gif of us but doing this. It's actually one of my favorite things to kind of witness in myself too when we're doing the head bobble because we're just like my head is going on its uh, what do you call it vertical axis like just back and forth. This was between uh, a nod and shaking of the head. Right, mm-hmm. nodding is like looking shaking. Nodding is up and down, up and down, and shaking your head no is like directly left to right, left to right. And then just like a tilt and a little bobble can mean so many things. Like this, when you just do like a little like chin tilt to the left and head up and a little um, hand flare, that's like, oh, wonderful, you know, va, delicious, you know, or you can be like, okay, I understand. You know, this just means like I'm listening. This is like, okay. uh-huh, uh-huh, without having to verbally be like, uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, so and then this can be like, oh, no, you know, and uh, OK. And so it means so many things. It totally depends on the context. So and he's doing it so often because he's just trying to communicate to her like I'm listening, but I right. don't really know what you're saying, but I am trying. Right. The dub sort of loses some of the charm of this because it's just all English. But you can sort of tell that he's speaking a different dialect maybe that that she's not picking up on it's oh right because like he she's speaking english and he's speaking a totally different language and it's dubbed in english then it just seems like they're stupid yeah (laughs) if you i would i would recommend watching the hindi dub with because like the english the english characters still speak in english so you're still hearing uh ray stevenson and allison duties perform i don't know it, it works and, for me and but, i, t- I totally know. have a link to which is so funny that you have to go through some like dodgy website to watch the original version that Ooh, i can I send you that. guys yeah. oh bad 
and that's crazy because be if you're if you're watching the you know the the sounds match the mouth movements except for when you go into the backstory and Ram as a child the guy who plays his father is the only person who is speaking Hindi and he is dubbed into Telugu in the original version of the movie. Oh wow. Just so many weird iterations of the movie. I was totally spreading this fake news where I'm like they cast somebody else as the father figure. It wasn't Ajay Devgan in the in the original Telugu version. And then I got called out by one of my cast members <laughs> where they're like Sol is the Kellyanne Conway of brown people. <laughs> <laughs> she's fake news and i was like oh shit i better fact check myself and i was like oh, what else am i just lying about so enthusiastically alternative facts <laughs> so it's really uh, so i can show you the original telugu version but anyway to bring it back then and jenny is like so oblivious she's like oh that was like some really casual racism right then when i tried to bring you over to see my room and the guards are like servants go through the back and she's like, he's not a servant, Jeff. He's with me. And then she's like, anyway, I'd love to show you my room. And she's like totally unfazed. Right. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. She, she seems to just now be noticing that all the other white people are mean to brown right. people. <laughs> That's her whole... But she's also like, she's, it feels like she can't be unaware that they're keeping a girl. You know she, what I mean? she like, when she talks she's... about it she's like there's a young girl staying with us as if like yeah. your like cousin is staying for the summer but but she's fully behind bars yeah right she's like yeah. she's locked in a room but she's just i mean fine. that's her that seems program. To be thing. yeah she's yeah. like this is what we do with brown rubbish people or they will get lost <sighs> I mean, you they know? paid a couple, <laughs> paid a couple quid for her. A deal's a deal. Yeah, we we bought her fair and square. Before they go back to, before Jenny brings Beam back to the governor's mansion, they go to a party, um, and it's at a random place. And uh, Rom joins him because you know, and you like need to have like your buddy with you at a party. Um, and if, then, if I may, if I may, yes, it's at the Gymkhana Club, which. Uh, uh, when we were watching it together, Lauren misheard as Jim Kata. Right. And, which uh, is gymnastics movie, that's the fighting. Only way this movie... <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's the only way this movie could be more nuts if it was at the Jim Kata club. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Now, and it, it's also worth that mentioning in. that this whole scene is filmed at the presidential palace of the Ukraine months before yes. Russia invades. What? It was yeah. like a it was like a you know helping them out during sanctions thing, I think. I mean the Delhi to Ukraine, that's a quick flight. You know, that's like that's right there. That's like, you know, Chicago to the Clint, like which means Charlotte. <laughs> which means Charlotte without from off the air. North the I don't know. Charlotte. Yeah. I don't know if you just Charlotte because it, frankly it's hard to find. I don't know if you've ever been driving around down there. <laughs> it's real easy to get lost. O R D to clit. <laughs> that is a quick flight. Yeah, I gotta take uh, a red eye myself. <laughs> so yeah, for uh, for dance off reasons, they performed the second big song, which again did with them win the Oscar. Not too. And not too. the most hilarious thing is how there's like this British man who's like, "What do you brown rubbish people know about rhythm?" And then he goes on to challenge them with a bunch of non-British dances. Yeah. 
He's like, like what do you the know? Fox of, uh, yeah. of, he, nope, no mention of the Foxtrot or the Charleston. Flamenco. Flamenco. Right? He's like, do you know the flamenco? Do you know tango? And it's like, dumbass. Tango. That's from, oh, it's like from Argentina and Spain. You have none of your own shit. You don't have any of your own shit. And then the, literally the best line in the movie, where, which is, I think, in every language, where he's like, I don't know about flamenco, brother, but do you know? Desi Nach, and Nach means dance, and Desi means Indian, you know, like of of the Desh. And I mean, that is what a <laughs> applause <laughs> for the script because he's like, what's Desi Nach? And then there's an actual dance battle. Like, that's what a dance battle is supposed to be it's an endurance test, not yeah. skill or quality of move. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's your form of dance battle is who can last the longest like a staring contest. <laughs> that's my preferred form of violence, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I think all conflict should be resolved on the dance floor. There's this beautiful moment that I, I just love so much, right? Uh, when the dance fight is like sort of ramping up where the, the angry white guy, Jake, he goes, enough of this! And and the uh, the two heroes kind of like back up with this big exaggerated like don't hurt us look on their face and it just I it reminds me of like Jackie Chan and Rush Hour like how like because they're about to just like completely annihilate him but they're like kind of goofballs while they're doing it mm-hmm. and I just there's something about that 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 Jackie Chan quality of like why can't we all just being, be buddies being, yeah. yeah yeah being being super goofy and incredibly badass at the same time like i i love that that's a quality i, I love in, in in a movie hero yeah Again, like, I... i'm just a fun guy that will fuck up a tiger <laughs> exactly yes. like these are guys that can fuck up exactly. this whole room whether they know it or not uh yeah. and they mercifully just beat them in a dance battle but honestly the dancing here is more impressive than any of the action any of the acting it's it's the most impressive thing that the two leads do in the whole movie. I mean, it is a totally insane dance. And I I don't know enough about South Indian cinema or Tollywood to to know that like because I was watching it with the other cast members on this round and they were like this is so typical South Indian dance with like all these feet movements. You know, in North Indian dance and like Bhangra dancing is more like twist the light bulb, twist the light bulb, you know, and like shoulder, <laughs> shoulder shimmy, shoulder shimmy. And all this like crazy ass footwork is like very typical to South Indian film, I guess. So that's wow. it's really interesting to see regional differences and how we're getting representation of it's not just an Indian movie, but it's a very South Indian movie. Yeah, white people have that too. His name is Michael Flatley, the Lord of the Dance. Do you remember him? Oh God, they hate him so much in Ireland. They're like, this motherfucker, go away. And apparently he's a huge diva cunt too, which I love. He's just so devoted to the dance. You have to be. You'd have to be if you're Michael Flatley. If you're going to walk around humble, you're the Lord of the Dance. You're not the boy yeah. of the dance. No, no. Oh my god. Oh, these guys are um, really nice though. I mean, they're not tall enough to be dickheads, right? Like they're like the the <laughs> leads in RRR. Yeah, they're like <laughs> super nice. <laughs> um, well, what happens after Natu Natu? I know that Sonal is like basically pushing this whole plot summary and that stuff I love is it. just like No, truly, it's what we need from every time. It's I love it so much. Okay, so after the party, Jenny brings Beam back to her place for tea. Um and, and to show like, her room. 
and to show uh-huh. him her room. She's like, which I really want to fine. show you my room. We're like, shut up about the yeah, room okay. already. <laughs> uh, but he knows that Molly is going to be in there, and so he's like, fuck yeah, this is my inn. Um, and he and he just goes like. And yeah, Molly and he just like, like finds her. Um, like she, like, I guess she. We see her singing the same song from the beginning, which is I. I didn't say this at the beginning, but it's uh, Como you Como Uala. Oh, the language. Yeah, the song that she's singing is called Como Uala. Okay, that's her song at the beginning. If you watch it in the dub, it's translated to "I'm like a bird." English dubbing yeah yeah Um, so he sings I'm like a bird to her um and it's a nice little like I'm coming for you um but I can't but there is some heartbreak because he can't get her now um and then there's a meanwhile so Ram has been like looking for that revolutionary guy and he just like remembers. He he just like has a moment where he was like oh yeah I forgot that I that I knew this thing about him he had oil on his hands he had, he had, yeah, he had, he had paint, like uh, oil paint, in his mm-hmm. fingernail, and so he knew that. It he sees, he sees the green decal on yeah. on Jenny's That's car. That's Colombo level. It detecting. is, it is extremely, <laughs> yes. Very detective um, emoji, as we say in our family. <laughs> um, so Ram catches Beam's brother just very dramatically um another great oh yeah he he so he gets chased by rom's uncle and then he runs out a back door and rom is standing there it is i I told steph when we watched it today it's like the undertaker the way that he runs into him (laughs) rom doesn't even look rom doesn't even look as this guy just runs into him and he just gives him a clothesline and then finally just looks down at him and says rest in peace or whatever he does i don't know i was thinking about the undertaker at that point importantly (laughs) <laughs> Ram takes him and interrogates him, and the brother, with his fucking surprising snake powers, goads a snake in to like, and then like just like makes him his friend and gets the snake to attack Ram. Um, yeah, it turns out you terrifying. can like hypnotize snakes with like more code. Did you know that? Did you I know, didn't know that? that you can click snake? I mean, we are we have snake <laughs> charmers. You thought the whole flute thing—that's so basic. That's so basic entry level <laughs> snake charming. You gotta be able to Morse code. You gotta, you gotta to click him yeah, and catch it from him. behind his back. Ugh, that was ugh. so badass. Even for so, CGI, it was so impressive. This I mean, is the first time this is coming up on the podcast, but Steph is actually <laughs> deathly afraid of snakes. And anytime a snake is even on screen, it's even often CGI? very hard for her. I well, were you going? It's is, only CGI. It's only CGI. CG- <laughs> yes, I was the whole time. <laughs> But the thing, but they get it's like it's like the movement and the like fang, like uh, like reaching out, like when they just like attack, and oh, there's yeah. a lot of that, and like you can the CGI does do a good job of like getting that. I don't know, it just there's a lot of me. sound. It's it's in the sound. Yeah. This, this movie is very visceral sound wise. If even Steph is like this, <laughs> Ken's like I'm leaving. <laughs> I can't even hear about this. I can't dropped off. And then, he's, and then he like throws this super venomous snake onto Ram. And, but it works. And, and it works. But then Beam actually saves Ram with like some turmeric. So, yeah, there's like, <laughs> they're truly. 
It's some Windex. He sprays some Windex on him. <laughs> There's like a throwaway line too that's like only people from the Gon tribe know how to spray the Windex to, to kill this. Yeah, this is a very specific venom. jungle formula, you know, yeah. to get your windows super shiny. Yeah. <laughs> so then he Rom goes to his best friend. Also, we haven't even talked about it this whole time, but this whole time Beam has been pretending to be a Muslim guy named Akbar. Akhtar. Which why? Why is he doing this? Why? Just to like be Pied, undercover? I guess. Oh, because yeah. he's trying to infiltrate because he doesn't want yeah. to be like I'm a Hindu from right. the village. Which fun etymology lesson? Jungle is actually a Hindi and a Telugu word. So it comes from Oh, I have read that. Yeah. I have a fun etymology oh. lesson. The that he's pretending to be someone named Actor, which uh means someone who pretends to be someone else. He's pretending about Akbar. Akbar. Actor. It's Akbar. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Actor. Oh, yeah. It's not Akbar. You're right. It's Actar. It's Actar. <laughs> Just a little fun etymology lesson for you. Oh, I call it when you define Admiral Actar was... Was it? No, please. It's worth it. It wasn't worth it at all to say that... To say that... You heard enough of it to tell I was going to say that Admiral Actar was my favorite Star Wars character. You know it's not worth it. Hilarious. <laughs> okay, so um, Rom goes to his friend Akhtar and and is like, I'm dying. Or like maybe he just finds him in the street and knows how to cure him Wait and so Ram puts mm-hmm. together that like that must mean that he's from this village and that must mean he looks like the guy that he's been looking for and he just like has this like moment where it all kind of clicks into place he's like um, not my best friend and then you think that it's gonna be this like terrible thing but then one second later Beam just like tells him everything he's like <laughs> actually I've been lying to you and this whole time and he's like and, he's like, and I'm going tonight and I'm and going Rom, to And Ram is too paralyzed with banded crate venom <laughs> to uh, stop him. Yeah. Which is like an actual real snake. I mean, it was a CGI, but the snake is a, a real snake. In I know. For, for the listener, you and your screen, you're tapping on your desk and a snake is just coming up and you uh, are able to harness it. <laughs> yeah. And throw it. Just throw it. Very impressive. Oh, hey, come on. Watch it. Redirect That's, the back. I know we're on Zoom, but it's still pretty to scary. A snake's brain. <laughs> And and then uh, and then and then and then Beam go. Beam is now like I'm Beam, and he's like he takes off his like protection, you know, um, necklace or whatever, mm-hmm. which is like a really big deal in terms of you know superstition or truth, whatever you want to call it. Beliefs are a choice, and he chooses to believe that this rope thing protects him and he takes it off which is like a sign of how devoted he is to Ram. To friend. And okay. then cue the return of the tiger and mm-hmm. the uh-huh. wolves. Uh-huh. So we see that they have been putting together the plot to rescue Molly and the plot is Jumanji. we are going to crash. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. The plot is we're going to crash this party with a truck full of tigers and beasts of the field and they they do that and they and they just like there's havoc among people and the animals maul everyone this is like the most uh this is the biggest sort of emotional climax of the movie that there's not a song during you know what True. i mean it's kind of wild yeah. that there's not a song here but i think all the i think it's just all fighting is is our song and it's like truly, you could never ever imagine that that's what he was going to do with a the tiger. Bit. 
No. Even a little bit. There's no. also there's great slow mo as like all of the animals are released from the truck at once because it like does some Fast and Furious shit, and he is like Beam is among them, and he's yeah. just like he does a superhero like, landing. Yeah. And you're like, what? I forgot okay. about the tiger. <laughs> <laughs> and then not to be outdone. Rom just like gets over his not his to be outdone. Bed. Not well, he got the outdone. Windex. The Windex kicked in. He, yeah. Oh yeah. It, good. It <laughs> <laughs> um, With and he Turbo. arrives on a flaming chariot, and he is in full uniform. And so now, like everyone knows what everyone's truth is, and it's very heartbreaking. But they also get to fight, and this fight, like finally, it's like the two of them actually fighting each other. And it's incredible. And it's and so sad. It's like a it's, miscommunication. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. It's like when a text message doesn't go through. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like if a sitcom plot had Wolverine claws in it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they're punching each other in the faces. And he's like, just trust me. Duh. He's like trying to do the nonverbal communication, but he doesn't, he doesn't get it because he's so overcome with rage. Like, right. like get Molly back. He's not from the Gon tribe. He doesn't know how to tap and talk to snakes or humans. Nope, nope. He's yeah. bad at nonverbal communication all over. But he's real good at guns, though. Yeah. Real fucking good at guns. There's So there's a point where Rom has a fire whip and Beam has a water whip, which is a thing. <laughs> and they face off. And it's just... A chef's and, kiss. and they like fuck up this like sto- concrete fountain. Oh, he like rips some concrete off of like a a, a like concrete fence. He and just he like just, rips the top off. And Beam just like parkour jumps out of the way, and you're uh-huh. like, "What the fuck? The poor fountain!" Like this. <laughs> and by the way, I do want to mention that during this whole scene, this fight scene is maybe fifteen minutes long to twelve minutes long, and during this whole scene. Extras are indiscriminately running from the left side of the frame to the right side of the frame, nonstop. And you can tell they just like get over and then they wait a second and then they go the other way. And you're like, didn't we just see that guy run to the left? What is he lost? What is Uh happening? (laughs) I was reading that they had something like 2,000 extras for that scene. And I read that before we watched it this last time. And honestly, like, I can't find them because it really looks like just the same 100 people running yeah. back and forth. Yeah. Amazing. Which honestly makes sense in the context of the scene because you're sure, running around like, chaotic. fuck, there's a giant, a giant deer. Fuck, there's a tiger. That was, <laughs> God damn it. Like, I feel like that's what you, the way you would be running. It's so true. this brings us to our intermission. Beam, like, gets to the point where he sees Molly and Rom gets Beam to stop because the governor like has is has a gun to Molly's head. Um and so there's an intermission moment. It's again like a fire in a water. And I mean intermission often in um North Indian, I don't know how it is in Tollywood movies, but in Bollywood it's then like, okay, we're now going into the final act. Oh, you know, sure. like if it's a three-hour movie, the intermission will come at like hour two fifteen sure. or something. But, and you'll but it feels like, like it's a little early. Oh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's like, like it's like an hour and a half. Right yeah. yeah, it's like it's yeah. right in the middle. So you're like, oh, the movie's going to end soon, and it does not. It, it goes does not. On There's forever a lot. and ever. Yeah, Edgar Wright said that this is the only movie he ever saw the intermission card get applause for, and part of me <laughs> wonders if that's because they thought the movie was over. 
Right, they just like wanted a little break. <laughs> oh, right. They're like, oh, do we actually get an intermission? I would love yeah. to pee. And I mean, also, I heard that everywhere in all the cinemas where there was just playing in India, people were losing their fucking minds, like just throughout the whole movie, you know, energy. Yeah, I'm sure. And clapping. Yeah. But so then intermission ends, and now we see Beam is captured. So Beam is captured, and uh, Ram gets his promotion finally that he like he didn't get earlier on and that's like been his thing um and we are heartbroken and just in this moment that we need it we have a flashback and in the flashback we see that actually he has been a mole this whole time and he has needed to get this promotion because he needed to gain access to shipments of guns that he's then going to smuggle back to his village because his whole village has been training for years to fight back against governor scott and we see ram as a youth fight alongside his father to save his whole village from an invasion of british soldiers who proceed to kill his whole family so no caitlin it's not a pro cop movie (laughs) (laughs) so like now we understand that like he actually is our buddy and he's just been fighting this other war and like doing all this stuff and he's not self-hating he's just full of grief he's just grieving he's just driven like he's very driven Yes. Uh, that's where we see this this guy, AJ. What's his last name, Sonal? A- oh, who? Who plays the dad. Oh, Aj- Ajay. Sorry. I was like, AJ? Who's AJ? Ajay. No, Ajay. I think it's AJ. Ajay Dave Gunn, who is looking fresh and fabulous. Sorry, AJ. And he is married to uh, an actress named Kajal. They've been married for like 30 years, which is pretty unheard of. In, oh, yeah. In sure, the you, sure enough, by the way, her name is just Kajal. Yeah, just casual. Yeah. yeah, she rocked like a unibrow in the late eighties, nineties, <laughs> and it was like she was an inspiration to us all. And it was wow. like, oh uh, yeah, don't pluck. That's how she casual does. She does has it. a little Frida Kahlo oh, look. Yeah. Um, yeah. and this guy does not not look like me. I mean, he's much more handsome than me, but he <laughs> you're also he's, very uh, handsome, Andy. Oh, thank you, so no, that's not. I wasn't fishing, <laughs> but I like what I caught. Setup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Steph's like, no, I'm not falling for this. <laughs> no, I really did. <laughs> I had this. Uh, I I agree. Andy Andy is a very oh. handsome person, and, uh, and okay. he does. Come on, guys. <laughs> Your turn, Kent. <laughs> oh, so I'm I'm trying to as as a famously unibrow person myself. I've been trying to Google this unibrow lady the whole time you guys were talking. K a j o l. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, and if, if you. you see her in like Bazigar, like it was, and that was like a really big deal. It was very like pro body hair her okay. movement. Like, oh my god, is that okay? You can rock a Bert. You can a Bert. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then we cue Ajay Devgan, and we find out that Ram and Sita are like childhood friends. They like have been yeah. together. They've, like, been in love for forever. Yeah. Um, and, they went to uh, middle school together. Not just high school. <laughs> <laughs> They've been writing notes back and forth. Um, so, the Corey and Topanga of the Indian Revolution. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. God, that's another movie that we'd love to see. Corey and Topanga come back oh in there. Oh, my God. Boy Meets World, the musical. The musical, yeah. Meets World, the musical. It's, a, it's a 90s jukebox Corey musical. and Topanga kill the president. Yes. <laughs> And we see Ram's uh, little brother, who the big connection there is that, like, he would also get scolded for eating with his left hand. 
And ah. that's, it's actually a really cool misdirect because you think that he's noticing it in the beginning of the movie because he's pretending to be Muslim, you know? And he's yeah. like, oh, he's actually a Hindu, you know? And like, that's why he's messing up the hand thing. Cause that's like real mm. cultural differences, but it's like, no, that's foreshadowing of that. We're going to get this reveal on this whole backstory thing that like, he reminds him of his dead brother. And that's yeah. why he's extra deep in the bromance. We're majorly going to watch his brother, his this like five-year-old kid, just get shot down. Slow motion shot down. Like. Hell yeah. Yeah. We watch and the little people. the little actor too like does not miss his moment to just break your heart. He goes full shrimp on that thing. Mm-hmm. Amazing, <laughs> those kids are gorgeous. The kids are very hot kids. All right, so Sardal <laughs> supports bullies, Nazis, and thinks the kids are hot. <laughs> and the mom, oh my god, okay, the mom is really hot though. Is so yeah. stunning. And she just holds, like, she looks so stressed. And you're like, oh, just don't even, it's okay, don't relax. You look so beautiful, so <laughs> upset. Like, she's so stunning. There's something, like, very, I don't know how to describe, like, South Indian about her features. That's, you don't, you know, they're just, and she's just stunning. She's stunning. And she dies. And it's very, like, <gasps> Ma, no. And you're like, oh, that's why he had to beat up his best friend. Is that going to take us to the public flogging? It sure is. Um, so the, the passion of the beam, the passion, passion of the beam, beam. <laughs> passion of the beam on the literally. So yeah, they have him strung up, and Rom is the one who has to do the flogging, and they like flog him a little bit, but then and Mrs. Nazi Governor, lady, yeah, she's yeah, like, is like, this is not no, getting it's not wet. enough. He needs to bleed <laughs> more. Here, take my personal whip that's full of nails. <laughs> my stash. This is from me. I brought one from <laughs> home. Try mine. This fucking thing that looks like a Cenobite invented it. <laughs> yeah, she's. You're right. She says try mine, and she just like has it. She doesn't pull it out of it. She's. It's like right there. She doesn't yeah. say go get my whip. She's. It's no. like to yeah. serve. No, it's just right there. She's, she's like, ready. I knew that you would fail me. It's like Hillary's hot sauce. <laughs> it's, yeah, she's got it in her bag. It's, yeah. it's out there at all times. This scene is is awesome. I mean, this is a, this is one of the true musical scenes. A lot of this, the musical, we haven't talked about this. A lot of the musical scenes are someone is singing while we see stuff happening, and it's not. It's almost like a Greek chorus type thing. Like someone who's not a character in the movie is singing a song about the action of the movie, and, and while we're seeing the action, this is a song where it's actually the characters in the movie singing the song, and Cameron Beam sings. What do we call it? The Ballad of Cameron Beam. It's called. It's literally <laughs> called Cameron Cameron Bermudo. But and and like and I was watching it with somebody who like when that there's a leaf that comes and kind of like touches his face and reminds yes. him of his jungle roots uh-huh. and and he was like oh they're gonna do a song and I was like no that would be so fucked up and inappropriate <laughs> if they did a song right now. And then I was like, how did you know? How did you know that a song was coming? Because it's like, he's like, oh, this is so formulaic. This is totally how all of <laughs> wow. Indian films are. And I'm like, I don't know Indian films. Like, you know them, Abuzer, the, the Pakistani guy that I was watching with. They're trying to get him to kneel. And he is, he's, he's summoning all of his strength so that he doesn't kneel. And like, his knees are just like floating like six inches above the earth. And like, rather than kneel, he bursts into this Stop. anthem. Yeah. <laughs> like, it is, it is just an incredible song. It reminds me of when the referee would lift Hulk Hogan's arm. 
And, you know, you'd sort of lift it the first time and it would fall. And they lift it the second time and it would fall. And then the third time he would start to hulk out and come back. <laughs> and that's like every time that Beam is like almost out, he just starts singing again. Yeah, you're like, he's uh-huh. suffering brain damage right now. Somebody right? stop the yeah. damn man. <laughs> My God, he's killed him. But it's so impressive that it, his song inspires the crowd into open rebellion. And they just have a little riot. Yeah. And you see all these like old men who are like, I'm going to make myself into a human bridge over this barbed wire fence. Over, yeah. It is truly, yeah. it's gruesome. And uh, it's, uh, one of, it's one of my favorite scenes in the movie, this whole thing. I, I love this. It's yeah. incredible. It's, yeah. Yeah. And you see like one of the, the women, like her um, cloth covering her head is like blown off by the wind. <gasps> uh-huh. And it's like, oh, it's business time. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! Did she just let like the, her head cover reveal her her, her neck? <gasps> Somebody's about to get <laughs> fucked up, and then they do. Um, and the riot inspires Ram, who realizes that it's actually not okay to sacrifice people in service of your plans, even if your plans are good. Uh, and so he like comes up with a little plan. He tells the governor to execute Beam in secret because they don't want to have another riot. Well, and... he 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 was never intending to kill Beam though, right? Like, no, no, he... no, 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 no. But yeah. he but I think he just like is like, oh shit, I have to act. I and he's like, I've been so focused on my revolution yes. of getting weapons when Beam has reminded me that we are. The weapons, you know, it's, a, it's an amazing Only Thanos had had a beam. <laughs> so Ram, inspired by that, is going to help Beam basically break out. And yeah, he comes up with a little plan instead of he his comes execution. up with his little plan and he does it. And there's and like Governor Scott figures it out like just at the end, which um, is very so, vague. Why? Because like, yeah, like it's a little just bit he like sniffs the air or something. I don't. It's and right, he's like why? something's off. Literally, just, both like, of the times we've watched this in the last week, I have like look down for a second because that happens in a three hour and 15 minute movie and i look up and rom is caught and i don't and i miss what happened and you're like how how did what what did he well, give away how did he give it away right. how did he do it my notes are so sporadic because i was just fucking loving every second of this movie i wrote down handshake suspicious right but like <laughs> there, there i there is something there is something specific that tri- that makes him but now I don't remember why I wrote it's that. It's still very so vague. Sorry. And it's very vague because we were watching it and we were like, how does he know? Why does he know? And one of the girls was like, maybe because he shook the hand of a brown person. And he's like, <gasps> that's not right. That's not what we do. You know, and like, and then I was like, mm-hmm. it's because of the blood. But anyway, he realizes and then he has this super fucking sick ejection out of yeah. The car where that's like that's my favorite governor scott moment when he like comes like <laughs> yeah. ejector seat and his gun ejects like right into his hands and, and in he, midair he yeah. grabs it and yeah. <laughs> we never see him land no <laughs> he midair no scopes a car to smithery yeah <laughs> it's yeah awesome rom gets injured trying to rescue molly beam just like frees himself he doesn't get rescued. He doesn't need to be rescued. He just, like, during all this chaos, he he's fine. Um, and then there's a moment that is, like, executed purely through blocking and CGI. But, like, the way that they're all lined up means that Beam thinks Rom is trying to kill Molly instead of trying to save her. And the cameras that they put on the bullets. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That really helps. Is it like a GoPro or something? The bullets are all CGI. No real bullets were harmed. In fact, in fact, this guy has a real hard on about the price of a bullet. So <laughs> they use the Toontown bullets from Roger Rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> they just get back in the gun. Ram has a really tough yeah. time in the scene. He gets like impaled. By like oh, a tree. Not... Oh god, he does yeah. get a tree through the chest. Yeah. Ugh, um, and not to get too far ahead of us, but speaking of Roger Rabbit, is, am I crazy or is there a shave and a haircut moment at the end of this movie? When he gets oh, to the yeah, to the prison and he has to find Rom, he's doing shave and a haircut. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and yeah. looking, listening for Rom to give him two bits back. Yes. What shave and haircut? <laughs> what does that mean? Morse code. It's kind of Morse code in a way, but it's, it's like, oh, that didn't come through on the Zoom. Interesting. Uh, yeah. But it's basically the, the rhythm, ba-ba-da-ba-ba, is shaven, a haircut, and then the response is two bits, and it's an old, like, vaudeville type tune. It's used to great effect in Roger Rabbit. I believe when it's When is it covered... used in Roger Rabbit? Uh, it's when it's... Christopher Lloyd so... is knocking on the... Uh, this is your territory, Kent, please. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Who's from... Roger Rabbit's my my favorite movie of all time. Oh my so the, god, I love the, Christopher Lloyd as a bad guy. It's devastating. Oh yeah, yeah, it's so good. Have you so seen the, Nobody? The whole, the whole... Amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah, Christopher Christopher Lloyd rules. Uh, but there's a, a bit where uh, Roger Rabbit is hiding in the walls of this bar. And, and then uh, he Christopher finds Lo- him Christ- because he has to respond yeah, to yes. the bit. That is, yeah, it's because because two... because shaving a haircut, two bits. It's such a it's such a goofy, cartoony type thing. So the 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 idea is that a tune would physically it would be impossible for him to resist doing two bits, suck out the shave and a haircut. I don't know if we covered it on this podcast or on another podcast, but um, it's also how my dad would wake me up in the mornings as he would. He would knock shave in a haircut on my bedroom wall on because we shared a wall much like me and Steph are doing right now. And he would not stop until I responded back two bits, meaning I was awake. I definitely remember you telling me that before. Yeah. And I, I love that. It's a very sad thing. It's, yeah, it's been distilled <laughs> down to like a secret knock, but yeah, it's not. exactly. And so, and I, you can also tell that maybe it's for the English dub that they put that in because we know it oh, as a call and response type thing because it doesn't necessarily look yeah. like it's what he's doing. Um, but I don't know if that's the case or not. They're right? like that. They need this. They need to hear. Sure. Yeah. 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 They're like a you shave and a haircut. You're like, I don't think that's what knocking sounds like. And- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Rom gets caught. Uh. Beam and Molly get away. Beam like just fucking bludgeons him in the like he just like does not hold back because he thinks that this guy has like been betraying him um but he doesn't kill him he's like doesn't kill him yeah right no it's that classic thing where you see him still drag the thing down and then it's not until later that we see that he missed his head and just put it in the ground next to him yeah and then it turns out that he's like a cross-country runner and like books it Mm -hmm. right and then he's just fine despite like being literally on his deathbed Um, he runs in place for a second (laughs) <laughs> and then he zooms off, and there's a beam-shaped cloud. Yeah, uh, right yeah. Where it was. yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so we get a little montage to see that Rom is in jail now. He's been growing his hair out. He's been growing his muscles. Um, I think that this is like he he now gets into the like classic look of of like the historical figure. This is like, the, him, like yeah, Rom like Romina. Yeah, I don't know where yeah. he finds the orange pants, but they come in. But they eventually. but they get them. Yeah, they yeah. come in later. They yeah they basically near the end of this movie make both these guys look like like what the action figure of both these guys would look like. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I assume there's action figures of these guys. I mean, there needs to be now. Yeah, there better be. Um, so Beam and Molly are hiding out in Hathras, and they're about to get caught by some British dudes when, oh my God, Sita is there, um, and she like not knowing what's happening, but like sees that like these British dudes are coming to fuck people up, and she makes up a story that there's smallpox in the in the building. Um, to scare the soldiers away. And so that does. And then catches a, catches a kick in the breadbasket for her troubles. Yeah. And like, <laughs> yeah, and, and that is like a taught self-defense technique. Like just tell oh, really? men that you are diseased so mm-hmm, that they mm-hmm, won't mm-hmm. rape you. They'll uh-huh. rape you less. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it really is. I, yeah. This is like, this is what they teach. It's so crazy. It works. This is what they teach. Um, life is terrible. This yeah. is what they teach you. Yeah, and and this like is... during during the partition, I know we got to get through it, but like during partition, when there was so much violence and the British had torn apart the country, and then men were raping on high because it was like, okay, this is the only power that I can get. Self defense techniques that were taught to women were like, here's a razor. Here's the best way to kill yourself, and here's yeah, wow. because like you can preserve your honor and your family's honor. And Gandhi was like, this is like the best thing that you can do, versus getting wow. raped is like so bad. So yeah, like tell. Uh, yeah, hey, I just add into the Sounds list bad. that Sertel wants Gandhi canceled. Uh, Gandhi's canceled. Gandhi is way problematic. <laughs> yeah, he's like sleeping with virgins to prove that like you don't have to. Get a boner just because you're sleeping next to a virgin, and it's like, okay, point made. Go put some clothes on. What? <laughs> what? Why is everybody naked in this scenario? God, can we get this guy more than a robe, Lord? <laughs> so then, yeah, the back to the movie where Sita is so brilliant. She's like, we have smallpox. She scares him off. Then um, Beam puts it together that he's like, oh, I beat you up the my same friend. necklace as my yeah. best friend. You guys are the, the BFF necklaces. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so Sita is uh, at this point like tells them the full story of the day that Ram's family died, which is that after uh, after they shoot the mom and the brother. The dad, like, like makes himself into a suicide bomber and walks in like he is going to surrender. And then Rom has to shoot his own father in order to beat off the soldiers and save the village. It's and not how we phrase that, but yeah. What? How did it we, say? He didn't beat off the soldiers. Oh. <laughs> no, that's not. He he destroyed them in a, in a bomb. Um, but I'll, importantly, so what this is... What's what I call beating <laughs> he beamed them off. He beamed, he them, beamed off. them off. Uh, this 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 like little uh uh section is set to the song Janani, which is it was like released before the movie, and Rajamuli calls it his uh, like the soul song of the movie. This is oh. like 
So, like, this is sort of what I have been thinking of as that, like, it doesn't play over the credits because for some reason the credits are silent. Um, but, like, it would be, like, the play over the credits. Credits are dead silent, by the way. The closing yeah. credits oh, of this movie. <laughs> and it's, it's um, also when we get at the point in the backstory where it turns out that Rom is, like, the secret weapon that has been sent by the gods because he is, like, a really sharp shooter and he can shoot mm-hmm. from, like, <laughs> miles away into the target, which he would have gotten a SmackDown for, but Sita... Is like, Dad, it was me, or Uncle, it was me. I'm the one that told him to go practice his gun slinging skills. So that's. They've really she been working them. together. Since. Yeah, they make a great duo. And, and what's worse, you put Sita in danger. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You put Sita in Sorry. danger. She manages oh. to survive. Lion King. Yes. <laughs> I got there. Oh, I didn't get it. <laughs> oh, got it. Nala. Yeah, you put Nala in danger. Yeah. You deliberately disobeyed me. Deliberately disobeyed. Yeah. And then Sita tells them that uh, Ram got caught and that he's going to be hanged. And so obviously our boy Beam is immediately on the case. Um, we see like a last little bit from Jenny who stoles, stoles, steals the plans to the prison. Yeah, they're also like um, always rocking around yeah. with these like really official government documents that are just mm-hmm. like flying in the wind <laughs> you know how like you just like find You're the like, prison plan get a at folder house? yeah <laughs> get a folder <laughs> um okay so and then the, beam he does that. immediately jailbreaks yeah Ram with the pup yeah. which he's super quiet about he's very stealth until he finds him and then he like fully hulks like the jail open mm-hmm. he just Rips the door off the jail. He's like, ah! Uh-huh. And we're like, shh, 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 are you supposed to be yeah. quiet? <laughs> right, yeah. And he starts sobbing about how could I have never, how could I have not believed you? I'm so uh, simple. I just know about Windex and turmeric. <laughs> I'm a jungle guy. I thought that uh-huh. you were bad, but you were actually starting a revolution. Sangram. That's the very oh. Hindu word for Hindi word for revolution. Because the Muslim guy was like, "We don't. That's a Hindi thing. That's a Hindu thing." <laughs> <laughs> and then they run that, off into the woods. There's more Windex. The, there's the, more the, Windex. Arguably, like, yeah. the most important Windex scene happens, where his broken legs are like fully healed, mm-hmm. and <laughs> also like the British think that they are stealth because they've like pasted leaves to their helmets and there's super sick scene where they're like going to shoot they're going to shoot beam and like as beam is drinking water this tribal arrow literally like shoots like through his mouth and goes into the british guy's like eyeball brain and like kills the british and suddenly beam is like pushed into the water no fish are harmed at this scene (laughs) I know, and the British are like so fucked up. Suddenly, there's a phone. Where did that phone come from? I know it is wild. There's a cell phone <laughs> on the battle. There's field. like a phone and with a cable. Like, it's the original cell phone. It's got a cable. And mm-hmm. and Governor Scott is like, "All right, I'm bringing the cannons." You know, but then that jungle fight ends. Another uh, great 15 minute action sequence. The this is also what was the blocking on this? Is what right? I want to know. <laughs> This is also we oh, get um, Ram's like anthem song where like we had Kamram Bimudo and this is Ram 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 Ram
do right now. Ramadan uh, ding dong song. Yeah. But that's it's like his final form hero song to this like badass fight. And they like the British like um put are looking for lights and they happen to spotlight him in the most glorious way where like <laughs> his hair is billowing. And also there's like this statue of uh of um Arjun from the Bhagavad Gita who is like the guy that was getting messages from Krishna. You know, he's like the Joseph Mm-mm. Smith of Hinduism or whatever, but he had like <laughs> I don't a think. bow and arrow, you know? And then Beam is like, oh my God, this is like a real arrow. I thought that this was just part of a statue, but turns out this is a real weapon. Great. Yeah. And he's like, these um, arrows are real. These are like pyrotechnic arrows. Sick. We're going to get the death of the uh, this guy, Edward, who, as far as I can tell, is a butler. And has been a butler this entire movie, but for some reason has to seems to hold a position of power in the British uh, military. It can take meetings. Yeah, he is. He is the governor's official fight butler. Yeah, he is the fight butler. <laughs> and he gets a spear to the stomach. Yeah. All right. Pretty great. Oh, yeah. All right. And then they're like, Andrew. "All right, we got to take this to the governor. We got to. We literally got to take this to the governor." And then and they we get that. our boys back on the horse and motorcycle. Yes. Just like they were in their friendship montage. Horse and motorcycle goes together like Windex and Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how they decide who gets horse, who gets motorcycle. Like <laughs> right, that's a good point. Like it's now a good time guy. to mention when you Google RRR a little across your screen. Wait, no. can we do that again? Can we just take that whole thing again? Yeah. When you Google okay. RRR. Everyone. Stop the podcast right now and go uh-huh. and Google RRR uh-huh. and then come back so that we don't ruin it for you. But oh then we're and like, we're going to do a little true? pause. And now, and then you now you're going to come back and get <gasps> Kent and Sonal's real reaction. Oh, my God! <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> no! So these are Sonal and Kent's real reactions to it happening. <laughs> How? <laughs> what? Who is the programming? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> And endlessly delightful. And like that tiny I've... little like thumbnail picture is like Beam <laughs> holding Rob yes. as if they're at like a Taylor Swift concert, like on his, <laughs> his on his shoulders. You know, and he's like, you know, yeah, like, like people are chanting "Show your tits at Rob" because <laughs> <laughs> his legs are broken, and he's like, "Don't worry, oh. we prepared." And they haven't done the Windex yet. Oh my god! Oh my god! I cannot believe that's true. The Google thing is true. How did you guys figure that out? That's this is incredible research has gone into this uh, podcast. Thank you. Yes, that's all I want is that acknowledgement. I wasn't fishing, <laughs> but I like what I, what I caught. <laughs> um, okay, we're like right at the end. Truly, what's going to happen? Is also, that by the way, I want to say I love that you're like. How did you figure it out? The research. I'm like the research of googling the title of the film. <laughs> know that this works on like all oh my god i can't this is amazing I, I didn't know that it worked on phones but i'm watching you guys on your phones and it works that's cool that's incredible yeah, yeah, yeah. oh i don't that's know if it works on the phone i'm gonna try on the phone i did it on my computer but anyway right. go into take, take us, us home into the end. so uh <laughs> okay it does work on phones i've just been informed <laughs> Um, okay, so they are going to take the fight to Governor Scott by hurling a flaming motorcycle into the ammunition storage room and just everything blows up, including his oh, wife. Yeah. <laughs> just everything yeah, is blown up now. Sort of the, it's a little, this, maybe this is a dark thing to say, but it's a little unsatisfactory for me that we don't get to watch her die. 
Especially um, since all she liked was to watch the violence. Yeah, but instead we just sort of see that she has died in the explosion. Yeah. Uh, and she's, and like, then... wrapped up like a little package in, like, barbed uh-huh. wire. Mm-hmm. Out of yeah. And it, it's so badass because you just see, you see, like, the henna tattoo that Molly did in the beginning. You see, like, blood mm-hmm. dripping down it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah. oh, she didn't, why did she get such a cool death, though? She doesn't deserve that. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, so then our boys corner the governor and Rom gives Beam the, the, the like, direction that his dad had been giving him, which the load, aim, shoot, and they just execute him oh, with and the British we get, rifle. We get the whole full circle of that whole little dialogue that um, Governor Scott did in the beginning. The price yes. of the bullet. So they talk the about the, the price of the value of the bullet. Um, and return, then they return the this bullet to this man yeah. who understands yeah, the price. It's perfect. Um, and oh, then they rules. they steal a bunch of weapons. And um, to mark the completion of their missions, Rom asks Beam to make a wish that he can grant. And Beam asks Rom to teach him. Come on. The end. The the end. end. And sort of the yeah. end. And the blood goes like, across like the sun set. <laughs> the the sun the never river. set. The sun never set on yes! the British Empire. Ah! And it's yes! like so patriotic. And even my mom was like, have you seen RRR? That part where they beat the hell out of the British. And I'm like, mama, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. And she just goes, oh, okay, bye. And she just hung up. <laughs> <laughs> she hung up on herself. I literally can't talk to you anymore. Otherwise, I might spoil the yeah. movie. Go watch it, then we can talk. Just watch the movie. Call me back in three hours, you know. <laughs> I, I just I, I deeply love that moment where the bl- where the blood splatters over that that insignia just because it is it is the final moment where like this movie has been saying it for three hours and then it finally just shouts uh-huh. fuck subtlety. My um, <laughs> like, friend of the podcast Tina Hoff and I were just talking about how like there are moments in like the final song of a musical that are just you like arrive there and they're sort of this like culminating beautiful moment. It only works like if you have earned it with the preceding movie or preceding musical. So like we were talking about when Valjean comes in at the end of Les Mis and he's all old and like the music turns and it like you get goosebumps but it only works if if everything has happened this is like that moment where it's like it's such a it's like a little culminating thing and it's not it's it's like the symbolism is so blatant and overt but it works because you have this whole movie preceding it that it just like feels so satisfying and you connect it to modern day where it's like nobody wants to perform at the coronation of uh, (laughs) king Uh it was like lady gaga taylor (laughs) swift all these people like absolutely not absolutely not the sun is setting on that empire yeah i bet he could get kid rock There you go. There you go. That's a that's an A list. Well, so then then we have our sort of closing number, which is uh, the cast, the cast dance. Yeah. dance. Yeah. Um, no one is is singing their own vocals, and that becomes abundantly clear when the white girl uh, starts singing, and it's like clearly an Indian girl that is doing the vocals <laughs> for it. And we go on a whole tour of all these like Indian revolutionaries, and I'm like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know who that is. I don't know who. Indian and we is. see, and we see the director Ajamuli like gets like his own little moment too. Yeah, He's this like, motherfucker. Yeah, I tripped my <laughs> yeah. mustache for this. The actress who plays Sita really pops in in this song, and it, it feels like they are that they are saying, "Hey, sorry, we didn't give you 
this much to do during the actual movie. <laughs> 100%. I said to Steph that I sort of felt like she was a pop star who like got to act in this, but well, she she's a superstar. She's a Bollywood superstar. So she so so that probably means she puts out albums and stuff too, right? Well, she's a nepo baby for sure. She's like born. <laughs> I mean, she's Second also five one, like slay. Oh, I she's love like, this. This is g- generational. This is like wrestling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's the same. It's the same. It's the same. I, I mean, there is a lot of this them. movie that I just sit here and I chant, "This is wrestling." <laughs> because yeah, the I mean, there's the barbed wire matches. There's a ladder match. They all run to the. They all climb <laughs> those guys to get to the top. There's a During nice the, dance number at the end. Storytelling. There's dance numbers. Everything. Kid and Rock is there. It's very patriotic. It's extremely patriotic. It's like yeah. for every man that has a flag in one hand, you know, give him the weapon in the other, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's it's great stuff. But that's it. Is there possibly some thoughts that you guys didn't get in about the movie itself that you want to get in before we move on to our final features here? Kent? <laughs> it's I, it's I just, always I, the most ADD people who want to drive things forward. <laughs> is that me yeah that's you that's you it's not just you listen to pete holmes on a podcast he'll, yeah. he'll interrupt seven times and be like okay but what's next what's next? we could have this in america there's no reason we could all you have to do is just go for it and i, I don't know i feel i'm hoping that with the success of this movie and uh the success of everything everywhere all at once that you know we'll just see more movies just fucking go for it like if you're you know yeah i think john chu is going is yeah. trying sure he directed in the heights uh, as well as crazy rich asians he's actively directing wicked yeah. as we speak well that that's actually a good transition then to, to sort of talking about what we talk about next year on the podcast which is what would it be like to remake this so so what would what would like the american version of rrr be let's that's what i want to start there uh because like i started trying to picture it and i was like and I, I even, like, was pitching it to Steph when I was trying to write the song for this this movie where I was like, okay, what if it's, like, Abraham Lincoln yeah, and Harriet Tubman? Yeah. And they're, like, secretly friends, but no one knew they were secretly friends, but really they're, like, kicking fucking slave owner ass. Yeah. Like, and they the have side. their, like, common theme of, like, hating the British or whatever. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, you hate the British? I hate the Br- you hate vampires? I hate vampires. Yeah. And then occasionally they just do a bomb-ass sing and dance number. And then I realized that I had independently invented Hamilton. <laughs> Does it... That's basically what Hamilton is. It's just like, oh, these historical figure fi- f- freedom fighters. But now they're doing songs and dances. I mean, it would be pretty (laughs) easy to turn RRR into a Broadway musical because it already is a musical. Yes. It's perfect as is. And you'd get to do all sorts of cool fight choreography. It's incredibly filmic. Like, I want to be very clear about that. You can't do slow motion on Broadway. And I just want to thank thank all the people that texted me uh, during the Oscars to be like, congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) We were literally confirming our our original podcast recording date, while, like like while they won their Oscar, yeah. uh, like and we were just like, oh and oh and okay, yeah, I'll see you Thursday for the award winning RRR. We did it. We did it. So, no, what we do here on the podcast is we talk about uh, if you are going to remake a musical, what you do is you add in a new song because you're trying to win the best original song Oscars, even though it's a bunch of songs that are already written, right? So that's what we do here on the podcast. So I write a new song for every movie that we talk about. Oh my um, God, I'm so d- excited. 
I did not write um, an Abraham Lincoln Harriet Tubman duet. Um, <laughs> nor did I. Let me let me just curb everyone's fears right here. I did not write a song for a not white character, <laughs> and instead I wrote a song by one of the characters I could actually do. Uh, and that was one of the only white, white characters in that. The of guy course, who lost the dance battle, Governor Scott. No, <laughs> no, no Governor that. Scott. I went with Governor Scott, Ray Stevenson. Uh, I gave him a song. I get. I wanted to give him a real silly villain song, you know. Yes. yes. Um, and so that's what I went with here. Um, I think in this version, I'm going to say that Governor Scott is played by um, uh, Josh Gad. But. Um, <laughs> And this is this is my song for Governor Scott. It's called The Price of a Bullet These Days. Uh, and it's very short. And here it is. When I was a young boy, my mother told me, son, always be a good boy. Don't ever play with guns. It's not that they are dangerous. It's not that they can kill. We just can't afford to pay all those bullet bills. Oh, have you seen the price of a bullet lately? One pound British sterling? Are you nuts? Golly gee! There's plenty of ways to kill someone you can do for free. So please just hit that lady with a rock. I just got knighted and I have a giant house, but if I have to pay a pound for bullets, I'll just freak right out. I'm spending so much money on tea and fish and chips, plus my wife keeps buying all these custom barbed wire whips. Have you seen the price of a bullet of late? These bullets have turned me into a friggin' cheapskate. I gotta get a Costco card for a better rate, so please just throw a snake at that guy's head. Oh, push that lady down a cliff, drown that kid in the sea. I'll do anything to avoid buying bullets, so stab that guy through a pokey tree. Have you seen the price of a bullet these days? Why don't I just set my whole wallet ablaze? I hate buying bullets, it's just how I was raised. So please behead that bloke with a big blade. Please just force that fella into flames. Strangulate that gal with a garage. Okay, who did that? (laughs) <laughs> all right bring him to his knees bitch please have you seen the price of a bullet these days i should have workshopped this with you said all but that you was should, uh, that's amazing andy i didn't realize how talented you are oh my god Rocket all yes you did <laughs> yes i did um, i did, I did. <laughs> you need, oh you need to be the musical guest at more stuff that was I didn't oh. know that you're a composer though. I knew you're talented. Yeah, I just I, I just wanted to give him a silly little vaudeville song. That's all I had. Also, I think it's so sweet to give like Governor Scott like a musical rage. Yeah, and, well, and it's like a little musical comedy number where instead of like just him being mad, he's just like, "I'm so sick of buying bullets. Everyone, stop it!" But but he's not being funny. He's mad. No, yeah. he's very mad about it, but. We get to find it funny. Um, we get to find it funny. And it's, oh my God. Yeah, Although he well, looks just like my friend's husband, who I kept, he was so upset about that. He's like, please stop saying I look like this evil British guy. <laughs> I'm not saying you're evil. So no, I, I take your compliments and I, and I use them to transition into a plug, uh, which is that the only place where you can get all the songs that we write here on Musical the Movie, the podcast, we're at 17 songs now. Um, is on our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumbfun, which is the Patreon for the whole Dumb Fun family of podcasts, including 30 characters, which you were a guest on a really fun episode of, Sonal, uh, as well as uh, Fanny Falls Demon Hunter, which uh, none of you were on. 
and um, it's all there. All the bonus stuff is there. And uh, check us out there. We really do appreciate it because these songs are um, more time consuming than you would think, even for something like that. Uh, so, and and I did it on vacation last week. I recorded that in a bathroom of our guest house in, in, in the Coachella Valley. Uh, and uh, well, you were supposed to be it. at Coachella. I was supposed to be at Coachella. <laughs> You're like, no, I'm so committed to the craft. Do I look like I have a flower headdress on? I wasn't supposed kind to be Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's just, oh, sorry. I have a filter on. Um, well, Sonal, uh, is there anything that you would like to plug coming up? This is going to drop this coming Monday. Uh, I'm back in Chicago. I got lots of fun shows coming up. So just follow me on the social media, Sonal Media, okay. to see where I'm going to be at. And please come out and support live comedy. And, you know, watch more films with subtitles. Watch more films with subtitles. I hope we're on a show together soon. You're one of my favorite comics to watch in the country. I love you guys. Oh. I love you. Uh, Kent, what do you got coming up? May 5th and 6th at Planet of the Tapes in Louisville, we'll be doing the Roast of J.K. Rowling character assassination. Uh, It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm very excited about that. Just confirmed last night after a lengthy debate. Yeah, yeah. We we did a lot of hand-wringing, and then we decided we are right. Um... (laughs) So, uh, yeah, and uh, and just in the spirit of RRR, I would like to uh, promote uh, a little <laughs> thing I call PVARL. That's physical violence against Republican lawmakers. Throw a tiger at him, a flaming motorcycle, whatever you got to do, because Jesus fucking Christ. You wouldn't think to bring a deer to a but, fight, but turns uh, out they can really make You might it. as well try it, yeah. because it beats voting. <laughs> Reindeer, friggin' reign of terror, maybe. <laughs> all right Steph what would you like to plug I guess speaking of voting this podcast is going to come out one day before uh, the runoff for the Chicago mayoral election and let's fucking go Brandon uh, Brandon Johnson is the progressive candidate against uh, running against Paul Vallis who is who is like an actual Nazi sympathizer <laughs> yeah like is actually a Nazi you're sympathizer just, you're just a Nazi appreciator Hey. Sympathizer. <laughs> Different from me. The bad kind, okay? <laughs> now, Sarno, you just like their costumes, yeah. right? Like, they're, you just like their costumes. Yeah. You don't got me into Alex, bad. Alex Jones. That is a mode. hot uniform. That is a hot uniform. <laughs> All right. I think that's got to be it for the... the... <laughs> The Nazi the talk? The Nazi supporting on our, Okay, yeah. fine. Well, uh, I'm at the Laugh Factory a couple of times this week, but more importantly, I'm, uh, I don't know if I can say this yet, but... Fuck it. I'm hosting uh, JFL auditions at the Laugh Factory on April 14th, um, as well as uh, I'm going to be in beautiful Aurora, Illinois at the end of the month uh, in April 27th. It's still not Friday at Two Brothers Roundhouse. Uh, I'm going to be on that same roast of J.K. Rowling in Louisville and in Chicago that Sunday, May 7th. Yay! Uh, and my first ever headlining weekend at a comedy club Exciting. at Planet of the Tapes, May 19th and 20th, beautiful Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, be there for that. Uh, Kent Sonal, woo, thank woo. you guys so much for having this conversation with us about thank this, you. this uh, is a dream. wild movie that I think we all recommend, right? Oh, we all recommend. Oh, 1,000%. Oh, yeah. You can also watch it like a Netflix series, like in 30-minute installments over the yeah. course of of two weeks. <laughs> That's really true. Don't do yeah. it. Plant your ass down and sit there and force yourself but yeah, to watch you don't it. Need to. Put that clockwork orange thing on your eyes. Uh, and and in the meantime, I think we can say stuff that our next episode uh, we will be discussing a little musical uh, just in time for Easter 
called uh, Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, wow. So uh, wow. don't worry for everyone who's worried that we talked about too much brown people stuff this time. We're swinging <laughs> firmly back. To the original brown people. <laughs> Uh, so please join us for that thank you guys so much we love you we'll see you soon bye Bye. musical the movie the podcast musical the movie the podcast musical the movie the podcast with Andy and Steph fun dumb